Okay. Being a Christian is a little bit like the concept of supply and demand. In this world, there is an almost unlimited demand. A demand for peace. Although you wouldn't think it, would you? But people want peace. People in the Ukraine want peace, don't they? Lots of people want peace. A demand for love. A demand for the lost state of people's lives. People have problems with their ignorance, with their superstitions, with their sinfulness, with the need for their bodies, their minds, their souls. But the supply that we talk about is the grace of God to meet the demands of this world. God does this through you and I. What believers need to do is to bring the supply and the demand together. And then we can bring peace and love and all of those things to a sick and dying world. You flick your Bibles open, if you like, to the book of Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse 14 through to 21. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. Sounds like a cricket team, doesn't it? Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Ah, Gaza. How long ago was the prophet Joel prophesying when Peter would have been a few hundred years? It would have been several centuries. There was 400 years of silence between the last prophet and Jesus. So that has a minimum, but I don't know the exact number. So, the prophet Joel prophesied around about probably five to six hundred years and now Peter is quoting Joel's prophecy. He says in verse 17, In the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs, folks, signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great 
and glorious day of the Lord. 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, folks, will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. They were accused of being drunk, but Peter said, it's the Holy Spirit, a fulfilled prophecy from the prophet Joel. John 14 says that when Jesus ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit would come. I think this is interesting when we look at what happened at the Tower of Babel. Man built the tower. He was going to get to God on his own by hook or by crook, as my grandmother would say. And they tried. Mankind tried. But God looked down from heaven and said, well, this is not so good. So he confused their language and scattered them all around the place. I think that's interesting in light of what we're reading today in Acts chapter 2 because now we see that the Holy Spirit has come back to the hearts of mankind. You see, in the Garden of Eden, before sin, God was visiting Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Hey guys, how's it going? Not bad. What have you been up to, Adam? Oh, this one I've called elephant, this one I've called cow. You know, this one I've called banana tree. Yeah, I don't know what they chatted about, but you know, God had a place in their hearts. But then when sin came, God no longer had a place in their hearts. In fact, he didn't even come back to the planet again. Although when Moses was up on Mount Sinai, it's probably as good as it gets in a sinful environment. But now the Holy Spirit has come back and once again, God has found a home in the hearts of men and women in this planet. People who love him. Jesus has ascended to heaven and the Holy Spirit has arrived on planet earth. He's our counsellor and guide. He leads us into all truth. This is good for Christians. But what about the world? What about the world? John fourteen seventeen says that the world cannot accept him. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. The world struggles with the name of Jesus. I've shared this testimony before. I used to work with these guys, this gang of, there were seven of us, and we used to go around fixing up the train line. I worked for the railways, we used to fix up the train line. There's one guy there, Alan, 
And he used to like to use the name of Jesus in a bad way. And one day it just got to me and I asked him to stop. And he did it even more just to knock me, as you do, as non-Christians do. And so then I started to use his name and he wasn't very happy. His nickname was Gaps because he had teeth missing. And so this day I was on the hammer. That means, you know, we're knocking in the good dog spikes on the railway line. Who would have thought I was going to become a pastor? Anyway, and when you miss and hit the dirt, or if you miss and hit the railway line, you either swear or use God's name. So when that happened, I just said gaps in the same tone that he would have said Jesus. And he said, did you call me Stewie? He said, nah, it's all right, Gaps, I just used your name. The other guys was looking around. Anyway, so back to work. It happened again. I used his name again. He said, did you call me? Made me think of Samuel and Eli. <laughs> I said, no, no, it's all right, Gaps, I just used your name. I missed the, I missed the, missed the dog spot, I just wanted to use your name. Anyway, the boys, there was like silence now. Could have heard a pin drop. So I just picked up the hammer and back into work and they watched me swing a few times and then we're all back into it. And then the next time I used his surname as well, just like he does with Jesus. He was not happy. He's a bigger boy than me, taller, a bit more broad across the shoulders. He came up to me and he put his chest onto my chest and our noses were almost touching. And he was shaking. He said, Why do you keep saying my name? And I didn't know what to say. So I said, Why? He says, Because I hate it. I hate it. He's shaking with anger. And I just said, Well, now you know how Jesus feels. Well, you could have heard a pin drop. There was silence for a long time. I could see the cogs were ticking over. He didn't have much to say. He just said, I'm going to kill you after work. I said, that's okay. <laughs> anyway, quieted him down a bit. Quieted him down for a, quite a few weeks, actually, as he contemplated what it was like to have his name used in a bad way. But folks, the world struggles to accept Jesus. They really do. Because they don't know him. And they don't really even have a need for Jesus. People pretty much in the Western world don't much have a need for Jesus. You got a problem? 
fix it with money. Okay? We live in a pretty good country and if your roof starts leaking, do you pray to God, Lord, help me, my roof's leaking, the rain's come in? No, you just go and get a plumber to put some new sheets up, you know? But if you live in a different country to Australia, an emerging country, you might need to call on God for your roofing iron or your medical treatment or whatever. But generally, the world... Generally, the world does not know him or see Because God uses the Holy Spirit-filled, inspired people to demonstrate Christianity in the world. Can you believe that God uses ordinary people to pour his spirit into? Ordinary Christians like you and me to be filled with the spirit of God almighty. We're talking about the one that created the heavens and the earth. And he wants to put his spirit into people that live in a sinful environment. That's like... Or am I going to win Tats Lotto? But God is good and God is gracious. Our call, ladies and gentlemen, our call is to demonstrate Christianity 24-7. That's our call, 24-7. Not in our strength, okay, but his The Holy Spirit was moving at 9am. Wow. Okay. Joel's prophecy was being fulfilled. Joel's prophecy was to interpret the life and teachings of Jesus. Joel's prophecy was to interpret the life and teachings of Jesus. The accuracies of his prophecy further proves the truth of the Bible. Joel's prophecy and Jesus' prophecy in John 14 were both fulfilled at the same time. And the Holy Spirit was being poured out. What did this mean? Let's have a look at verses 17 and 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on people, on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour my spirit, pour out my spirit in those last days. And there will be prophecy. 17 and 18. Did you notice there at the end of verse 18 that God is not gender specific? I like that. I like that a lot. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. 
even on my servants, both men and women. I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. This passage suggests that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on everybody. Sons, daughters, old men, young men, servants, both male and female. This was the first day of Pentecost. But now we live in a time of the outpouring, folks. The outpouring of God's Spirit. Have you received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Or is it just something you dream about? Hands up if you're a spirit-filled Christian believer today. Hands up if you want to be prayed right now for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Even though you're spirit-filled, folks, we're a bit, sometimes we're a bit like a bucket with a hole in it. And sometimes we leak a bit and we become a little less Christian or something. But if you want to be prayed for right now, to be topped up, to be refilled and filled again with the Holy Spirit, you come out here right now and I'll pray. Go on, you Lois. Father, we pray for Lois today. Lord, we lift her up to you. We pray, Lord, that you'll fill her with the Holy Spirit, Lord, from head to toe, Lord, and fill her and fill her again. Lord, maybe she even be baptised and fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. Lord, will you show her, show her your ways, Lord, and raise her up even in these last days, Lord, with her evangelistic gift, Lord. Continue to highlight that gift in her life. And Lord, may she speak your words, may she speak the revelation of Scripture, Lord, into the lives of people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Father, we pray for Gary today. Lord, we pray that he will be filled and filled, Lord, from head to toe with the Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would give him a recharge. <clears throat> and Lord, we pray again, as we did for Lois, that he will be fully immersed and baptised into the Holy Spirit today, Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Lord, that you would raise him up, even in these last days. And Lord, the, the spiritual gifts that he has, Lord, that you'll quicken them to his heart and his mind. And Lord, that even when he sees total strangers, he'd have a prophetic word for them. Lord, I thank you for Gary that his name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we pray, Lord, that you will quicken your spirit to his heart. And Lord, that as he, he unfolds the pages of Scripture, Lord, that the revelations of that Scripture, Lord, would run deep in his veins, in his heart and his mind, Lord. And that you would raise him up, even this day, Lord, to be a new man in Christ. Father, we pray for Jennifer today, Lord. 
We thank you for her. We thank you that her name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Lord, we pray and ask today that you will fill her, Lord, from head to toe with the Holy Spirit. Lord, that your impact upon her life would be far-changing, Lord. That she would be a new person, Lord. Not from the outside in, but Lord, from the inside out. And Lord, as Jennifer relates to her family, Lord, that you will put words in her mouth that are not her words, but your words. And Lord, that as she talks to her family about the things of God, Lord, that you'll give her great, strong revelations. And we pray, Lord, as Jennifer is entering into a new workplace, that you'll be with her. And Lord, that wherever she goes, she will take the Holy Spirit with her, that she would never be empty. But Lord, that you would fill her and fill her again and again and again. And again, Lord, we pray that she would be immersed like a baptism in water, but a baptism in the Holy Spirit, filled and immersed, ready to be the child of God and to fulfil the calling, Lord, that you have placed on her life. Amen. Is there anybody else? Heavenly Father, we lift Ken up to you today. We pray, Lord, your touch be upon his life. Lord, that you would bring your power and your strength to Ken's heart. We pray, Lord, that you would fill him with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, that he would see change in his life. We pray again, Lord, that he would be like immersed, filled with the Spirit of God from head to toe. And Lord, that you would take care on a journey through the Scriptures. And Lord, that you would show him things in the Bible that would resonate with his thoughts and his thinking. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. we pray for Charia today. Lord, we thank you for her. And I thank you, Lord, for her dedication of coming to church for week after week after week. I thank you, Lord, that she settled in a new country, in a new land. She's made her home even right here in Maryborough. But Father, Charia has made her home somewhere else. Lord, she's made a home in your kingdom. We thank you for that. And we pray, Lord, today that you would fill Charianne with your spirit. Refill her, Lord, over and over and over again. And I pray, Lord, that the words of the Bible would be quickened to her heart. And, Lord, that as she reads the verses of Scripture, that she would see things that would amaze her She'd see things that would give her Christian growth. She'd see things, Lord, that are the meat of the word.
that you'd be amazed and tell other people about Jesus. We pray also, Lord, that Charianne would be immersed and baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Apologies for our online viewers for um, being absent, but I pray that you heard every word. Okay. I want to talk about visions and dreams. I have a continuing dream. It started a long time ago. I dreamt of teaching and preaching and pastoring. That dream happened a long time ago when I was a railway man and I didn't know how that dream would be fulfilled. But God had a way and here I am. My dream is being fulfilled and I have a vision for the fulfilment of my dream. And I don't really know what retirement looks like from a ministerial perspective. Do I keep preaching till I fall into the coffin? I expect I would but I don't know how long I'll be pastoring a church for. But, you know, hopefully another 10 or 15 years, see how we go. But I don't know what retirement looks like. But I wonder today, what is your dream? What is your dream? Um... And is your dream God-related? My dream was interesting. Teaching, preaching and pastoring. And that's really what I wanted to do. I actually wanted to be a missionary. But God didn't want me to be a missionary. That's a long story. So now I pastor a church and I do short-term missions. But I didn't realise, <clears throat> I didn't realise until one day, a day when I had my gifts identified, that my dream was actually my strongest giftings. I didn't realise that. When I was a railway man, I didn't realise that. And it's only since I've became a pastor and started pastoring and, I, and a few years ago I did a gift survey and I, I realised that the very thing, the very dream that God put in my heart was actually my strongest giftings. I wonder if that's your experience today. I wonder if that's your experience today. 
Maybe you want to have a dream of driving around in a Rolls Royce and having your own private jet. That's a pretty cool dream. But is that what God has for you? Is that what God has for you? Um, God gave Joseph a dream. Do you remember? I don't want to go too much into it, but do you remember Joseph had dreams? And Joseph's dream came true. You know why? Because it was God-related. <coughs> Someone grab me a bottle of water, please. Thanks, sure. <coughs> Joseph's dream came true. He dreamt that his brothers would bow down to him. They laughed and, sl- and sold him to slave traders. He eventually became governor of the land and his brothers did bow down to him. Must have been a shock for those boys. I wonder if they remembered that dream. I reckon so. Have you got a hold of the Holy Spirit today? Or do you just think you have a hold of the Holy Spirit? Folks, don't fool yourself any longer. Do the test and see if you have the Holy Spirit. Do this test of biblical thought. Well, do you have biblical thought? Thanks so much, Cheryl. <clears throat> what is biblical thought? Thoughts that centre around God. Thoughts that centre around God. That's pretty straightforward. Thoughts that include God. Thoughts that include God. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a hobby or do you know, something in your spare time, collect stamps, do a bit of woodwork or metalwork or, you know, throw the family in the car and have a picnic. But I'm talking about our thoughts, our life thoughts. We all have biblical thought at some time or other, but we must relate everything back to the biblical concept of thinking. Example. J.W. knocks at the door. Refer their talk back to the Bible. Okay, I'm talking about this one, not theirs. Theirs is different. They've added bits to it. They've added. The only gate that will swing open for those people is the gates of hell, believe me. And unless we save them, get them saved, they're going down. And it's not really that nice a place. Relate their talk back to the Bible. <clears throat> you hear swearing. 
Okay? We hear swearing sometimes from people, don't we? Relate it back to the Bible. There's a verse in the Bible in the New Testament. That's about as close as I can get, folks. It's in one of the letters, I reckon. And it says something about swearing and bad language. Find that verse. And when someone swears, say, hey, especially if it's a believer, say, hey, you've not read this verse. Yes, I've read it. Okay, put it into action in your life. Okay, the destruction of fetuses for stem cell research. I'm not getting on a bandwagon. I'm just relate it back to the Bible. You do the wrong thing by your spouse. Happens sometimes. Relate it back to the Bible. You make a mistake in your workplace. What would Jesus do? It's a good question to ask. And if you're not sure, just flick the Gospels open. There's four of them. Choose one and see what Jesus would do. Relate everything back to the Bible. Our life situation needs to be spirit-controlled, folks. If we say we're filled with the Spirit, okay, that's cool. And right now, I look at all these people in church, and they're all filled with the Spirit. But are you controlled by the Spirit? Yeah? My car is filled with petrol. Actually, it's diesel. Okay? And it can stay filled for like 20 years. And unless I start it up, it's just going to stay filled and it's not doing anything. Don't be like a car that's sitting for 20 years. Don't say, oh, Pastor Stuart, I'm so happy I'm filled with the Spirit. Congratulations, brother or sister. That's awesome. When are you going to start your motor? (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know. Alrighty. Our life situation needs to be spirit controlled. And our life situation needs to be related to the Bible. Has anyone here ever had a revelation from God? We get them sometimes, don't we? This book's full of them. It's full of them. Even if I open it up at random, what have we got here? Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. That that could be a revelation for anybody. For anybody. I know that's just random. But that could be your revelation. Vindicate me, Lord. Okay, maybe you've committed some sin or by accident. You've, you've, you've done something wrong. And you read that verse, vindicate me. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. You see, it's a revelation. Wow. Am I going to do that thing again? No. Because I got the revelation from God. I... I can give you a revelation, but it's not probably as good as God's. I can only give, like, good advice. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but it's God that can make him drink. Yeah? 
What believers need to do is to bring the supply. We talked about this at the beginning. The supply, God's supply, and the demand of the world, we need to bring those things together. God's supply and people's demand. Our call is to demonstrate Christianity, folks. Demonstrate it. Okay? I bought a car. Before I bought the car, I went for a drive in the demo model. Yeah? They demonstrated the product. And I thought, oh, it's okay. I'll buy this one. We need to demonstrate Christianity and people will go, oh, okay, I'll take Jesus. Because I see Jesus being demonstrated in your life. Style. Okay? Ah. The Holy Spirit was poured out just for certain people, yeah? No. The Holy Spirit was poured out for everybody. Every it doesn't matter if you're tall or short, male or female, dark skinned or light. The Holy Spirit just boom. You ask him in, he'll fill you, and you will never ever ever be the same again. Big dreams with God. Oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Dream big dreams with God and relate everything, every aspect of your life, relate it back to the Bible. Having trouble with the grandkids? Open the Bible, will tell you what to do. But if you're a grandparent, you already know. <laughs> You know, it doesn't matter what's happening in your life. What happens in the life of a believer and a non-believer is pretty much not that much different in some respects or in a lot of respects. But we have Jesus and that is the difference. That is the difference. And we must relate everything back to the scriptures. And the Bible has an answer for every question. It has an answer for every question that might come to your mind. So, let me finish up. If you are not as close to God as you could be, do something about it. Okay? Do something about it. Ask God for a fresh outpouring Ask God for a fresh anointing. Have you been anointed and appointed for your ministry? What is your ministry? What is your gifting? What does the prophet say? Got a bit of opposition out there, folks. It's all right. They're going now. Hallelujah. And so... Be as close to God as you possibly can. I know we live in a sinful environment, but one day we won't. Hey, how good will it be? (laughs) 
Kicking your heels up on the streets of gold, no more sin. Whoa, yeah, thank you, Jesus. It would be better than just like Jesus providing a parking spot for you down the street. I mean, that's good and all that, but you know, like, you know, like the new Jerusalem comes down and we're all there going, whoa, check this out. I'm so glad I'm not in the lake of fire now. (laughs) And then, you know, have you read Daniel 7? There's a big room and there's, it says there's ten thousands of ten thousands of people, folks. And we will be there, you and I will be there. Read Daniel 7. You're in the room. And there's a description of God and he's like on his throne, his hair's white like wool. And there's flames coming out of his chair. It must be an awesome chair. And his chair even has wheels on it. I think the flames are coming out of the wheels from memory. And you're there. We're all there. Because it says, and then the books were open. The books were open. And you're going to see the finger of God going, Shh, Shirley Dunlop, tick. <laughs> Dennis Hutchins, tick. You're going to hear your name read out. Well done, good and faithful servant. Folks, we're here now and there's work to be done. But there's a day coming. Get ready. <clears throat> Fill with the Spirit and start your motor. Yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give you thanks, Lord, for your scripture. Father, I thank you for Joel's prophecy. It's a beauty. Lord, and we name it and claim it today, Lord, for ourselves and even for every believer. Lord, if you say we're going to prophesy, let's do it. And all dream and vision and all that stuff, Lord, is for us. And it's being poured out since the day of Pentecost. And Father, my vision is not that you're just placing the Holy Spirit, but I think of a jug of water being poured and you're pouring your spirit, the spirit of God, into us so that we can action Christianity to this world. Father, help us. Raise us up, Lord, in this last days that we might see people saved, discipled and released into ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Folks, I want to finish. G'day, folks. This is Pastor Stuart from Wattle City Church in uh, Victoria, Australia. We pray you've really been blessed as you listen to the message today. And if you want to check out more sermons or messages from uh, WCC, just jump onto Spotify or Anchor or a whole bunch of podcast platforms and search for Wattle City Church. And, um, yeah, more blessings to come. Good on you, folks. Have a great day. Keep praising the Lord. Amen.